in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here. So grab your assigned seat, sit back, and enjoy this week's top 10. Brought to you by the Schmoes No Network. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to the Top 10 Show, Top 10 Podcast, Recap and Review of X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. And, oh boy, here we go. Uh, First impressions, did you like the movie? Absolutely hated it. Hated it? Absolutely hated it. Okay, I think that's strong. Yeah, well... It was better than the... Look, 47 was what it was at on Rotten Tomatoes when I walked in. Yeah. And I was like, when I'm walking out, it's better than 47. Really? For you? Yeah, it was better than 47. I would have gone down to 32, 33. I wanted to walk out five separate times. It's got a lot of bad. (laughs) A lot of bad? It's got a lot of bad. But it's... I mean... it succeeds. It succeeds more often than I anticipated at forty-seven. Okay, and that's why I liked it. Interesting. I mean, it still had a lot of things where I'm like, ah, yeah, that's annoying as fuck. Yeah, like insignificant things, like when they're walking oh. out of uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and they make the crack about the third one's always crap. Yes. So it's a joke at Last Stand and tongue in cheek about this movie. Yeah. But I hate it because when Jedi came out, we as a populace didn't know that the third movie always sucks. Right. So if you're doing a period piece like that, just... But I was already like, okay. Like, I was looking for errors Yeah. at that point. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Oh, yes. Big time spoilers. That's not a... I didn't spoil anything. That no, was no. One Thanks for line. downloading. If you haven't yep. watched the movie, go Thanks watch it. Thanks for listening on YouTube or <laughs> yes. on Stitcher, iTunes, Podomatic, wherever you get us. What have you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was uh, the first the first thing that killed me yeah. after having seen the movie? Because I I saw a buddy of mine the next day and he's a huge comic book guy. Okay, and X Men is probably his favorite. Yep. So talking to him and he knows more about it. So he's like, "Well, this was a problem." Yep. And I was like, "Okay, I forgot about that." Mm-hmm. But the first one that killed me after seeing it uh, was why did the pyramids have the stones as a fail safe to destroy it? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because if he can reorganize matter, right? why the fuck would he need... All he's got to do when he walks out the door is seal the door behind him. Yeah. He just reconstitutes the matter like he does with all the people throughout the movie, right. and now nobody can get in. Right. So why in the fuck are there those? It made for a great action sequence. Sure. But even before that, the power for the pyramid, that top... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't be a cornerstone. What would that be? It's the top... Anyway, the, yeah. the, top, the point... They pull the banners off of it, and it suddenly gets power. Yeah. How, how are they going to get the banners back up there? Why is that the choice when you can reconstitute matter? Yeah. Does the power just run continuously? Like, I had a million questions. It was yeah. like, it's, you made something cool, and it's retarded. Why does the power take so long? Yeah. Like, all of that. Yeah. It's just all of it just seems like if you're, if you're like the first mutant, you should be able to control everything so well, the way he's pitched. And I'm a comic book this is, this is And this is, I walk into this discussion saying this right off the bat. Uh, this is one of my favorite arcs in the X-Men stories ever. Uh, 
So I came in with a lot of expectation. If you're going to tackle this story, tackle the story fucking right. And I wasn't a big fan of X-Men First Class. I liked Days of Future Past. I even liked the Rogue Cut that came out afterwards. Okay. Uh, but I walked in because the thing that's great about Apocalypse mm-hmm. is that when he shows up, the X-Men are already a well-oiled machine. And in fact, they have nine, ten people on the X-Men. You know? Okay. You what year did around. this come out? 91 or 92. Okay. Something right there was an arc of that time. And it was one of the last, for me personally, one of the last great arcs of of the X Men story, X Men stories with, and what what Apocalypse does is he he changes he in essence is the vehicle in certain moments of this of this run of uh, combating people's uh, uh, fed up uh, feelings about the weaker X Men like what he does with Angel when he turns Angel who just okay. has wings all he does is yeah. have wings wings and likes to fight yeah that's it. That's it. And but, then I love that. When they show up with Olivia Munn, she's like, I got the perfect guys for you. Yeah. And you show up at his, which I already knew they were going to him first, but right. it's like, this dude has wings. Yeah. That's it. That's Why all. is he the best mutant for this? Well, and they don't even, but they, they disrespect that character so completely because, man, he's, is Warren Worthington third. He's a rich kid from a rich family. So at the time, the reason Archangel, the reason Apocalypse changes him is because people, the fandom had been sick of Angel being part of the X-Men because he was useless. Yeah. Everyone else had these amazing little things. All he could do was fly. And so what he did with Archangel, Archangel completely changed his demeanor from this rich kid, nice kind of kind of nervous, mealy-mouthed kid sure. to this hardcore assassin with blades from his wings and this amazing new costume. It's a better character. It is. It's a much better character as a he, villain. He, he immediately became my second favorite X-Men behind Wolverine. Immediately after that arc. And so I've always had a personal real vendetta about getting Archangel right on screen. and Or Angel the character right on screen. And I think they pissed it all away. He's not a fighter in some cage. He's not the dr- alcoholic. Like, there's got to be more. And that's the thing that bothered me about the movie. They just presented people. Hey, oh, here's Nightcrawler. Here's Angel. And they all had names already. Here's Psylocke. He, you know, Caliban is understandable. I don't mind Warlock. that. Because if you're going to introduce like six new people, new people, you can't give me backstories for all of them. I need backstories. I'm like, Why? You, you don't introduce them. You, uh, yeah, but we harangue other, I guess they're more well-known like Batman, Superman. We don't right. need an origin story for. Right, we don't. We don't. Um, but at the same time, when you're giving me, you're giving a backstory to Cyclops that sucks. Yes. Uh, Terrible. That was one of the me and my buddy were talking about back and forth and back and yeah. forth like that. You just killed the character. Well, it's all in out so of, many different ways, and it's all out of order. That's the thing that's about this whole. But I'm sorry, Matt. I don't. But want it, to it's not even. He's not from a stable home. No, and that's the reason he works so well with Xavier and he be and right. with you know Professor X and he becomes the leader of the X Men because in essence his son. Yeah, yeah, because he becomes a zealot for this cause because right. it, finally somebody came in and gave him direction in his yeah. life, and it's a family where he can protect. Yeah, exactly. Something that he's never had, so right. he's gonna fight harder for this than anything else. Right. And just like now, so now he's coming from a stable home. And as soon as they introduced him, I was like, "Older brother's dead." I guess the end of the first act. Yeah, but I was like, "That dude's finally gone" because they haven't used him at all. I and I, I knew the whole time I was like, "He's he has the same powers as Cyclops." Right. So somehow he's taking us to Cyclops. Right. Uh, but I don't need all. Of, I, I guess I, I just don't need the backstories because X Men. There's so many guys. There's so many guys. Yeah, there are. But but if you're gonna if you're gonna pick certain X Men to put in your movie, 
then you've got to give them the backstory they deserve because people have a real attachment to these characters. Storm, they fuck up Storm again. They fucked up Storm again. She's not some thief running through an African fucking Cairo and all this kind of shit. Storm is this powerful, proud African character. She represents the entire continent for the X-Men universe. And to me, it bothers me that they turn her into this kind of like disciple of a bullshit. She needs to stand on her own. You know, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm no, no, no. You're you're 100 right. I'm just nerding out like an idiot. And I, the, all, the, I loved Nightcrawler. I thought Nightcrawler was great because yeah. they kept his core, which is he's a religious guy. He's constantly questioning his power. He's trying to find his place. And the makeup, yeah, was great. And I love that they go to the mall yes. just so they can put the Michael Jackson jacket on him, which he wore in the comics <laughs> at certain points. Comics. That was entirely a plot excuse so just to get that jacket on him. I know, man. It was great. Th- I, I appreciated seeing the jacket. You did. But the whole once he can see turns into uh, Cyclops, that is, turns yeah. into kind of like douchey prep Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Suddenly he can see and he turns into a cocky little shit. Yeah. Just like, why, man? How do I believe that this becomes James Marsden? How do I believe that even the Sansa Stark, uh, uh, Sophie Turner... I didn't buy her as Jean Grey, and when the thing happens at the end, I'm like, eh, it's a nice moment. She does a nice job with it, but I don't. Where, where Jean but, Grey has so much. You need someone deeper to play that, man. But she spent the whole movie doing nothing. I know. Literally dude. nothing. That was I my know. biggest takeaway from the movie. Yeah. It's a lot of standing around and talking, yeah. and then waiting for Apocalypse's eye to turn cloudy. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was like half of the fucking movie was oh fuck apocalypse went cloudy again and then somebody is doing something like it was cool to tap like Xavier's brain and now he has sure. access to Cerebro sure. very cool part yes. and like the Quicksilver when he's saving everybody That's at the school awesome. great awesome great although it killed me later on so if okay. you noticed when Quicksilver is grabbing people to move them yeah. he wisely grabs them by the back of the head because if he just moved them they get whiplash and they'd snap their neck and die so it's a great like they oh. just threw that in. Yeah. It's awesome because you see him do it over and over and over. Yeah. Of, otherwise, you'd kill him. And then uh, uh, later on, Olivia Munn, when they, uh, they destroy the, the fucking airplane. Yes. And she jumps off of it and is now cascading, you know, 9.8 yeah. meters per second squared, <laughs> coupled with she jumped off of and already had the you know, velocity from the fucking thing itself. Yeah. And she just sticks her blade out and jabs it into the side. We don't have to protect pe- like mutants. Uh, spinal cords if she can do that and not tear her arms out of her body yeah exactly out of her body yeah it's a good point I know as soon as, as, soon as I saw that I was like guys whoa <laughs> you're taking care of this other spot and then this is okay sometimes I think Singer gets lost in his in the ridiculousness of it he can't decide if he's making a real movie or a, com- a full on comic book uh, yeah uh, di- you know disavow the laws of physics movie and it's frustrating to watch at times because I'm like I think that's what worked about Days of Future Past it's a quiet story it's one guy you're following the situation everything is real simple that's being used you yeah, know just the new mutants suck yeah yeah exactly and, and but you have but I was like okay you're gonna they were they shoved in all this they shoved in Weapon X they shoved in Dark Phoenix. Well, Weapon X, though, was to set up the next one. Right. But this, but once again, this is the problem with Batman vs. Superman, too. It's what I felt about this movie. Don't shove in a bunch of stuff because and not make it organic. Like, you slide it in, but make it work. I thought it was cool when they had them in the cage, but then they're saying, that's the Weapon X. That's oh, Weapon yeah. X. And I'm like, uh... You know, all of that. Um, and then uh, uh, the Dark Phoenix storyline. You're going to start off Jean Grey with the Dark Phoenix storyline? What the fuck? Establish her first. 
just like they did in the original run of the X-Men with uh, with Famke Chanson. Yeah. Have her, she's great in the first X-Men. In the second X-Men, you don't touch on the Dark Phoenix till halfway through, and then you start to understand, and then you see But do you want to do water. the same exact story that they did before? No, but I, no, but I want to establish Jean Grey more as something else before you start throwing her into the Dark well, Phoenix storyline. I agree, because once you have Jean Grey, is that powerful? Yeah. Nobody could stop her. Where can we go? Yeah. Because that, that is one thing I walked out of. Yeah. Apocalypse could have done it. Yeah. He had the power to ultimately destroy the rest of them or do whatever he wanted Absolutely. to. Absolutely. I mean, he needs to find a better Four Horsemen. Right. Because that's the first they one were, were great. Lame four Horsemen. Yeah. The first four were great because yeah. he you know, made a faulty pyramid that for some reason mortals were allowed to destroy. Doesn't make any fucking sense. But they still protected him, and he got to live. Right. Whereas the next round were terrible. They were young kids that, yeah, it was yeah. all just to appeal to the... Outside of Magneto. Once he lost Magneto, yeah. he lost any chance. Yeah. And that Magneto stuff, listen, great acting by great. Fassbender. Uh, although, when he's doing the, why, God, is this what you want from me, God? I was like, God damn it. It took me out of it. It's like one of those cheesy things where they scream into the sky when someone dies. And I was just like, ah. You, you're telling me that the non-compound bow firing an arrow through two people didn't take you out of that scene? <laughs> it did. All right, good. Non-com- I'm fair. That I, fair, absolutely. Now, granted, if you were saying. What a perfect shot, by the way. Perfect. To pierce two hearts. Fucking perfect. Symbolism. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> But like <laughs> they say, like in uh, you know medieval England, they would start archers as kids yeah. because the draw strength you would take that it takes to fire one of those oh, yeah. bows before a crossbow was you had to build it up over a decade right. of just drawing heavier and heavier and heavier. Wow! And but that just looked like a simple hunting bow because we have guns now, so people left more than likely a lot of bows behind, right? To go hunting, I'm, they still do as they do do today. Yeah, but that's not a compound. Like it doesn't have the strength. Yeah, and that whole thing and. Simultaneously, if your daughter had the locket, I guess you were trying to prove to your daughter that you don't need to use your powers for evil. You can do good with it. He was right. trying to turn over new leaves, so that's why he didn't kill all of them. Right. But once he did, great scene. But that's that's but all, but that's all you you're. That's the thing that I, that bothered me, Matt. Is you're putting that in the yeah, scene. I have to add that you for it to make to sense. Add that. It's not about being spoon fed. It's not about being spoon fed. I hate when people say that. It's something that's organic and makes sense in the conversation and what you've presented. And he and had, it's not there. Had he just said when it, like his wife pleaded like do something, yeah. he's like I. We we talked about it. We got to teach her to be better. What done? Right. What's their relationship? We don't know. How did he find her? How do they fall in love? What is it like? Don't give me things in like I just. I'm just like to me. It's like you don't give me stand. They're essentially stand-ins with words with lines, and they're not they're not real. So that when they die, it's not as powerful as it should be. Well, also, does that make her Scarlet Witch? Yeah, I, no, because they use the, the different name, Nina, instead of Wanda. Wanda is the Scarlet Witch. I know, but how many yeah, a good daughters point. does he have? Because yeah, right. I only knew of one and two boys. Well, suppo- well, he's she's supposed to be... Well, that's the thing. Wanda and Pietro are twins, which is Quicksilver. Yeah. They're twins, so there is there may be a Wanda that they somehow bring Did they in. show her, like, in the no, Days of Future Past? No, because it's rights. It's a rights issue. Marvel has Wanda and Pietro. Uh, 20th oh. Century Fox has only Quicksilver. Okay. So it's like that kind of thing where they can't, they, you know, they have to argue rights and all this bullshit. So, uh, which is why Quicksilver and uh, and Scarlet Witch were able to be in uh, Ultron, yeah. but not able to be in, you know, in uh, the X Men movies, which is just, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, that's Marvel trying to make a buck years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, true. true. Yeah, I thought the casting was off all around. Most of the most of them. I thought some of the worst performances from J- Jennifer Lawrence I've ever seen. She's just so useless in the whole I, movie. She's pointless. She's point. I'm, I'm sorry, not useless. Pointless. She's pointless. Yeah, her yes. character is pretty pointless in this whole movie. Yeah, 
and, except to sway Magneto at the end. And even at the end, she's doing this. I, what about your family? Like something that he could have logically thought already. There's nothing she's yeah. saying because it's all generalities. There's nothing she's saying that's completely specific. Well, yeah, but then like, so there's still all this sexual tension, really? Yeah. Through all these other, like Beast is still yeah, all about you. About her, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe now that you become this huge cult-like figure, it yeah. does would keep the attraction longer. But like the uh, uh, CIA agent. Yeah, Moira. That was forced down your throat. I love yeah. that they had to f- go over the top to explain why they shoehorned her in to the beginning. Right. Because when I was watching this, I was li- literally, she pulls off whatever the full body one uh, uh, garment is, yeah. or the hajib, or yeah. I'm not sure what the name of it is. Sure. But she pulls the whole thing off. She goes from that to fucking Tomb Raider. Yeah. Like like one of those, if you would watch like old Drew Carey show when they had the people on the come, like the magician that would spin and he'd have different yeah, outfits yeah. every time he did a one or a yeah. 360. She just pulls it straight off and turns it into Tomb Raider. And I was like, she's an, isn't she a federal agent? Yeah. What am I missing? When did she start doing archaeological yeah. All this spelunking? Stuff, the CIA stuff. Yeah, exactly. But then they fucking later on and then we find out that Charles took her memories out so he's been secretly in love with her for all this time mm-hmm. and... Okay, but then how it's okay that he totally wiped her fucking mind at the yeah, end? She's it's, fine with it. She's totally fine. That gets all those memories back. Hey, I was wrong to take the memories from you. Oh, what the fuck, you dick! You know what I'm saying? Although I did love the reason for him being bald. Yes, true. I did that love was that. Fun. Yeah, if you had to go from full head of hair to you almost made this transition, I, I like that. That's good. Yes, some of the script was terrible. Some of the lines they had to say were terrible. I just was like, man, this is all just fucking ham-handed. It was very ham-handed. It, it was like a gay porn run wild, run wrong, run wild and long, wild and wrong. And I was just like, what is going? What is going on here? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Here. I don't understand that analogy. How is that a gay porn? Well, I, well, it just has these these like these outfits and these costumes and the way they're speaking to each other and the way they have these like grandiose things. To me, I was just like, what is what is this all about? That's better production value than I ever gave gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured they cut that shit out a long time ago because they're appealing to dudes. The dudes would just be yeah. like, let's get to the fucking point. I think I'm just influenced by this Vulture or, or a Mashable article I read this morning that talked about the gay influence in this movie and how Edna, oh. how Edna, Mo, Edna from uh, Incredibles would have saved this movie completely <laughs> okay, with better designs. Uh, anyway, so that's the thing, and and I just, I just, man, it just bothered me uh, uh, from top to bottom. Halfway through, if we weren't doing this recap interview, Matt, I would have walked home. Like I, I had walked to the theater, and I was like twenty, thirty minutes, and I was like, nope, fuck this shit. Yeah, I mean, I knew we were going to do this before we even talked about it. Oh, okay, yeah, just yeah, yeah. we're going to do it. Yeah, it's that time of year we do it. This time of year, it's true. Even. Uh, Though I waited till the last minute, so I went and saw it solo. Yeah, me too. Last night, nine thirty. Yeah, it a uh, but packed room. Yeah, I was surprised too. Packed at the Grove as well. You know what I was surprised by? Did the Quicksilver scene get uh, laughs in yours? No, people people clapped at the end of it. Okay, you could feel the smiles. Yes, but you could tell that they were going for. They were hoping that there was going to be laughs in there because they stopped at certain points. Yeah, okay. And yeah. it just was like, nah, you're not going to get a laugh. And I was surprised because I figured the audience would laugh at like. I think it was like two different parts. Oh, the drinking of the tab. Yeah, just little dog. things were. Yeah, the dog and that fish eye thing that they were doing. Uh, um, but yeah, I, the fact that I was like, oh, wow, that's got to be. I wonder what, how test like audiences. Yeah. Did they die for it? And Because yeah. you, you knew the singer was pretty proud of that sequence. After the success of Quicksilver in the last one to extend yeah. and have even more fun than he did last time. That's a, um, And they waste Psylocke. Psylocke is a great listen. You mean Cyclops? No, Psylocke. Psylocke. Which, Which one's Psylocke? Olivia Munn. Oh, 
Didn't even catch her name. Yeah, Psylocke is a great, great X-Men, great X-Men character. A um, lot of levels, a lot of emotional stuff. She's been, she's, in, she's, there's a lot of layers to her in throughout the comics. Um, I don't want to get killed, but like, I think Olivia Munn is a marginal actress at best, and I think she gets exposed in shit like this. Like, she's okay in the newsroom. People think that she's all right. I'm you like, would, she's serviceable in the newsroom. You would think she'd get exposed there because here everybody looks bad. Well, not bad, but. Yeah. You know, the, they have to cram in so much crap that yeah. it's just like, man, I don't fault anybody really yeah. for doing a bad acting job just because they're good, really good actors in this, not doing great. Yeah, Jennifer I, Lawrence. That's a fair point. Yeah, Jennifer, like, and, I, and I thought Fassbender at times was not as yeah. great as he could have been. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. yeah, McAvoy was still good, but at the same time, I didn't like where the character went at all times. But like, I didn't know what McAvoy was doing. I thought he was doing Ben Kenobi. He sounded like you and McGregor half the time. I'm like, wait, did you do this in the other films this way too? Because that is not what Patrick Stewart sounds like. And so you want to do an echo of Patrick Stewart, like you and McGregor did an echo of Alec Guinness with Obi Wan. But it sounded to me like he was way leaning into the Ewan McGregor side of things. So I was a little strange. I don't for know me. if I caught that. It's a little strange for me. Uh-oh. It'll be a while before I re-see it, so yeah, I don't know if I'll yes. catch it then. Yeah, I might well, forget by the time I see it a second time. Definitely don't need to. Uh, prove that point at all. Yeah, seeing it again. Um, I love the guy that Psylocke worked for. Yeah, Caliban. Caliban, who is the leader of the Morlocks. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. That's a good Caliban. Yeah, absolutely. I hope they use him again. Yep. Because he's kind of like Del Toro as the collector. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could have him be this little crux where certain plot points meet and then they spin off easily because yep. he's a trader of information. Yep. So, of course, people wander into his, you know, fucking little uh, slice of life. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought, yeah, it's a great, it's, that's, yeah, Caliban's great because the Morlocks are great to use, to, I, you're right, I hope they bring him back because he, he's a good representation of Caliban from the comics. It's, it totally works. Um, uh, the whole arena fighting thing was ridiculous. They just, they'll, they'll kill us if we don't fight. Uh um, the whole idea, like, how did they get out of the plane when their powers didn't work on the plane? How did they get out of the plane once they landed, of uh, the helicopter? Once, well, because they, they had the green thing around them. The whole my time. guess is, yeah, but once they shut the plane down, that electromagnetic field oh, so they went down. down. Yeah, so then Nightcrawler could get him out the same way he got him in, which but is how, teleport. But Nightcrawler cannot teleport to something he's never seen. So if they or land he, someplace he's never been, what if he just looked out the window? Or okay. wherever they Fair. were. But then he's still teleporting out into their vision. But then maybe Jean Grey yeah, is doing the whole... She's he, doing the mind thing so nobody sees her. We have yeah. to add all that. Once yeah, again. but I'll give him that. They got that far. Well, okay. I'll give him that. that. That one seems like we're, you know, taking them, you know, too much task. Yeah. Got to give them some... I guess so. You're right. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I'm just whipping them to death. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, the yeah, whole, it's got a lot of flaws. It does. The whole and thing. And it's also, yeah, like, you know, you brought up the Weapon X. Like, why even use Jackman then? Yeah. Why, why does Jean Grey have to calm him? Right. Like, all right, this is this is what we're going to get out of them? Just like a flash of, oh, shit, this is really interesting, and it's gone. Yeah. Like a different facet of Wolverine we've never really seen on screen. You know who I would have loved to have seen as Jean Grey is Alicia Vikander. I would have loved to see sure. Jean Grey because once it, cause if you're going to start with a Dutch heritage woman like Famke Jansen, keep going. Do Alicia. Alicia kind of looks a little bit like Famke. You can believe her as a younger version of Jean Grey. She could believably calm down. Uh, Wolverine he looked like her fucking grandfather like I just was like oh yeah that was this is unsettling to me because they have a romance yeah she she looks like a teenager yeah and he looks you know not his age because he looks great for his age right but it's creepy it's still the 80s and he looks older 
than he does in the original X-Men movie. So why not use that technology they used for Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War, where they made him look so young? That's true, since they used so little. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess maybe because they didn't do well, no, because in Days of Future Past, he technically teleports back. He teleports back from his older version, yeah. Yeah. And he still gets into his younger body, though. Right, into his younger body. He takes the consciousness, but we see the older because that's the consciousness the audience understands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't even think about that. Like they could have done the same Iron Man thing for Downey, but that's got to be expensive. Although they didn't really show Jackman's face all that much. No, that's what I'm saying. It could yeah, they worked. saw we saw a bunch of his carnage. Yeah, it, you know, and the, and Apocalypse was cheese ball. Apocalypse was total uh, cheese ball, man. I wanted something more, and there wasn't much more. He was all right. Yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't terrible. But but he's supposed to be this incredibly powerful, insane thing, and they and he was kind of. But at the same time, like it's the first superhero one I've walked out of in a while where I believed he, a couple he things break his do. way. Okay. He could have won. Okay, he could have won. If yeah. Jean Grey doesn't show up, I don't think they could have stopped him collectively nope. where no. they were going. Right. But of course, she has the fucking trump card. Right. So now, who do you introduce that can stop that? Yeah. Because it doesn't exist. Right. So the, introduce the Dark Phoenix. Yeah. It has to be the romance. An between, alien. Right. Well, it's the romance between her and Scott because then her. Their daughter comes back from time, or the granddaughter, I think, comes back in time and is the one that, like, has to, like, uh, curtail Jean Grey and the Dark Phoenix power that she has. Because the Dark Phoenix starts to consume Jean Grey in the comics. And so she becomes kind of a villain who is more omniscient and omnipotent than you want her to be and makes decisions not based on emotion but based on the overall practicality of the situation. Yeah. And that becomes a problem. And so you start to explore that. It has to be the romance with Scott, but that romance with Scott was... Nothing in the film, you know? So with Summer. I agree. Yeah. So a lot of problems, man. A lot of problems. I wish it I wish it had been better because I really would love to have had a second good superhero film or a third, I guess, this year with Deadpool. So it would have been nice. What's your second? Oh, Captain Civil America. War, yeah. I like Civil War a lot. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Yeah. Just blank for half a second. But yeah, no. uh, you know, it wasn't the worst superhero movie I've seen this year. Yeah, which one was worse? This one or Batman versus Superman? Would you I say? would say Batman versus yeah. Superman. You thought it was worse all around. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. I but but the thing is is I guess I walked into both knowing that they were going to be bad. Yeah. But I've seen Batman be excellent. Yes. And I've never seen X-Men be anything better than that was good. <laughs> they really haven't elevated a beyond because every time I walk out, there are still flaws that I can pick out and be like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Right. Or at least Batman, I've walked out of going, that was amazing. Congratulations. My hat's off to you. Right. And I'm not just talking like Dark Knight. Batman Begins. Yeah. I'm a sucker also for the 80s Batman with Keaton. Yeah. I don't mind the Val Kilmer. Uh, yeah, Kilmer. Yeah, Batman um, Returns is fine. Batman Returns is fine. Yeah, like they're whereas with X Men, I, I do a lot more of the Batman Returns. I, mm. I like parts of it, and there are the parts that I think sucked. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. That's. What I mean, look if 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 you haven't seen it, thanks for listening. We yeah. just <laughs> we're giving a you know lukewarm at best. Right reception to this movie my one last thought is that maybe i'm just too old for it man maybe it just maybe i'm just too old for it maybe the people they cast because a lot of people seem to like the movie online on twitter and what have you on social media people are like i don't understand the hate i don't understand the hate and i'm like i mean I, it's so I, obvious to me how bad the movie is the thing is though i i expect so little of x-men at this point yeah so maybe the fact that too. it wasn't just an all out and out crap fest yeah just like all right well they didn't royally fuck up x-men which they're prone to do right and even if they did so many enough people went to see it. They will make another, and they're yeah. just going to continue to make it, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah. 
Okay, well, that's our recap and review of X-Men Apocalypse. If you loved it, sorry we kind of crapped all over it, but, you know, there were some you, yeah, stuff. You more than likely knew that coming in. Yes. Because I, the, the general reception has been below average. <laughs> yes, below average, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so uh, please follow us at Top 10 Show on Twitter, at Top 10 Podcast. Uh, on Instagram, follow Matt at Nost. Follow me at the Roca says. And our announcement is close at hand. We will definitely make an announcement yeah. in the next couple of weeks uh, to let you know what's happening with the show. Um, Matt, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for uh, listening and uh, check out the regular show. If you want to contact the show, it is Top Ten Podcast at Gmail. And that's all spelled out. Or if you want to participate in our Thunderdome, that is at Facebook dot com forward slash the Top Ten Podcast, and that's with the number ten. Kaboom. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.